tonight, uh, but I feel some faith uh, in the building this evening. Uh, somebody ought to just lift your voice uh, and shout tonight uh, because you have no uh, reason uh, to fear. My, 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 my. Uh, need you to encourage uh, about two or three people uh, standing next to you tonight. Uh, push your neighbor and tell them neighbor. Uh, tell them neighbor. Uh, have no fear uh, because Jesus uh, is here. Uh, oh, somebody ought to shout uh, right now. Uh, you ought to shout uh, because you haven't received uh, a spirit of fear, uh, but a power uh, of love uh, and of a sound mind. Uh, my God, I wish somebody would testify uh, on a Tuesday night. I wish somebody would make some noise uh, on a Tuesday night. Uh, thought he had me but I got away is there anybody that feels that way tonight devil you should have killed me when you had the chance but I came out alive and I got a praise in my spirit and I got worship in my you ought to take about 60 seconds uh, and give God uh, a shout of praise in this place. Uh, give him a Tuesday night praise in this place. Uh, shout because you got the victory. Uh, shout because he brought you over. Uh, shout because he made a way. Hey! Somebody praise him.
Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Hey, something's being turned loose right now. Something's being set free right now. Something's turning loose right now. Yes. 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 Whoa. Come on, you can get what you need in the building right now. Come on, somebody. If you'll get off the porch, there's a stirring of the waters this morning. If you'll get off the porch, there's a stirring of the water in the building tonight. Yes. Yes. Come on, just a few more moments. Come on, just a few more moments. Just a few more moments. Just a few more moments. There it is. There it is. There's your promise. There's your strength. There's your answer. There's your refreshing. Oh! It's here. It's here. Yes. Yes. Come on. While you're praying right now, the Holy Ghost is working for you. While you're praying right now, the Holy Ghost is moving on your behalf. While you're praying right now, God is working it out for your good. While you're praying right now, the Holy Ghost. Yes, yes, yes. yes. right now there's a divine interruption in the building right now 
There's a divine interruption in the building right now.
Hallelujah. Yeah, there it is. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom the Lord hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Clap your hands one more time all over this sanctuary tonight. Shataya. Somebody came and you thought your miracle was coming during the altar call. But he's on my right. He's on my left. In front. And back. Under me. Over me. And he's keeping me alive. He's all over me tonight. That he's all, all over me tonight. I don't know about you, but I came expecting the miraculous in this building tonight. How many of you thank God for what he's been doing around this house? Remain standing, if you would, in this posture of worship tonight. As we prepare for the word of the Lord in this place, I want to again say <coughs> what a privilege it is to have all of our guests here tonight. Would you help me one more time, church? Put your hands together. Welcome all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord tonight. We're so grateful that you joined us. It is a distinct honor tonight to have back with us Pastor Hunter Parker all the way from Bonner Springs, Kansas. Would you help me do a little bit better job than that? Give him a great big welcome back tonight. Are you excited? Amen. He came, he came ready tonight. He, he's, now, y'all, y'all, y'all don't know him as well as I do, but he's, he's a redneck, okay? I got lots of friends that are rednecks. If he could get away with it, he'd have cowboy boots on with his shirt, his, his pants tucked inside of him tonight. But he's like an OS gunslinger. He heard there was a devil messing around. So he showed up with an axe and two 38s, ready to do some battle tonight. How many of y'all ready to ride with him tonight? We're so excited. He brought, he brought his entire band with him this week to spend a little bit of time with us. Give them a great big hand clap of welcome tonight. They came to hang out with our, our band of musicians. We're honored they're all here. Pastor Parker, we came with expectation. And whatever God has for us tonight, we want you to know we're ready. Uh, we're, we're no respecter of services. Uh, it don't matter if it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Tuesday night. Uh, we are ready for a move of the Holy Ghost. Amen, somebody? Uh, would you put your hands together one more time uh, and give God a crazy praise uh, as he comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us tonight? Oh, come on. Would you give that to the Lord tonight? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Man, we're honored by the welcome of the Rock Church tonight. And we love your leadership. We love and honor your leadership. 
your wonderful pastor, your bishop, man, and the first lady of the Rock Church, man, you're not going to get any better. The singers and the musicians, didn't they do such a wonderful job tonight? Man, we brought, we brought our band down, um, and I don't want you to take for granted what your leadership has instilled in them, both in vision and culture. Man, I, I like to believe that Everything that First Pentecostal Church does, we do it to our very best. And that being said, we brought our band to people and musicians who we felt could influence them to be their best. And so we didn't just show up tonight, but we came knowing that the Lord was going to move. And I'm excited to see what your leadership is able to put into ours, amen, and let's just keep having Holy Ghost Church. What do you say? Oh, yeah. You know, I've never seen, never seen a bound person be able to respond like they were loose. Never seen somebody in handcuffs in a holding pen, be able to clap their hands and run and leap like somebody that was out free somewhere. And that being said, I'm so humbled by the move of the Holy Ghost, but I couldn't help but seeing a few tonight with their long sleeves on and their hair piled up. And I just didn't see them clapping like everybody else was clapping. I, I was looking out and I didn't see their toe tapping like everybody else was tapping. And I just come to ask Rock Church a question. If you've been set free, if you're loosed tonight by the power of the Holy Ghost, because let me give you the other side of it. I've never seen a loosed person be able to operate like they're bound when the Spirit of the Lord got to moving on them. There was a prophet that tried to keep his mouth shut. And he said, I can't keep my mouth quiet because it's like a fire shut up in my bones. And when I wouldn't say, I got to speak it out. When I wouldn't tap my toes. I wish I had about 200 in the room tonight. Hey, Rock Church, if you're loose, you ought to act in a moment. If you've been set free, would you wave a hand? Would you tap a toe and let hell know I'm free? I'm free. My God, I am free indeed. I got about half of you. Maybe you're questioning the validity of your shouting and praise, but the Bible tells us let everything, oh, y'all ahead of me, that hath breath, 
Praise ye the Lord. In other words, if you're breathing tonight, could you give God a shout of praise? Now you're, you're doing that for him. You're not doing it for you. Let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. Now I want to help you for a moment. Praise isn't just to glorify him. Praise is to liberate you. I was reading in my Bible about Paul and Silas, and they was in a prison cell. But even in the prison cell, even in the midnight hour, even when their circumstances says you're bound, your problems are big, you can't do anything about it, the Bible says they begin to pray and sing praises. And when they begin to sing the Lord's praises, uh, there was a great earthquake. There was a rumbling, uh, and all the chains and bindings were loosed. Uh, can I tell you tonight uh, that praise don't just glorify him. Uh, praise liberates you. I wish I had a few in the building that you tap a toe, that you shout for glory because you know that no matter what you're going through, he can set you free. He can liberate your soul. My, 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 my. I got 70%. What about, what about old Jericho? Woo! You know when they started facing giants? I'll tell you when they started facing giants. When they stepped over into the promised land. When they got in the land that the Lord had written a covenant. Hey, do you believe there's an Abrahamic covenant on you tonight? Because I do. Let me tell you about that covenant. When they stepped into the promised land, their feet were still wet from Jordan. And here's Jericho. You know when they started facing giants? When they got in the promised land and between them and their mountain, there was obstacles. Can I tell you, this is how you know you're doing right. When you start seeing giants in between you and what God's give you. Woo, I feel the whole, I got a message to preach, but we may just preach here a moment. I want to, I want to tell somebody that's discouraged, that's weary, that's dealing with life. Don't let how big the giants are in Canaan turn you away right before you get into a river flow of milk and honey. Don't let how big the giants are stop you from what God has promised to you. Let me give you the biblical response for problems. They cross that Jordan River. They're in the promised land. Everything's good, right? But there's that walled city that they got to have victory over. And they did a few things. Number one, they got in obedience. They all did it. Joshua got to tell them, we're going to walk. 
We're not going to talk. We're not going to make noise. We're just going to walk. And let me tell you something about obedience. Sometimes it don't make no sense. Why in the world, why are we getting in trouble? Because we didn't attend this party and that meeting and that event. What's that? No, 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 no. He's just trying to get you, the Lord's just trying to get you just to be quiet and walk in obedience. Can I give you the other side of the story? You can't walk in obedience if your mouth's running. There was a whole generation that died because of two words. They murmured and they complained. Moses didn't even get to go in the promised land because he got disobedient. And the Lord said, speak to the rock and he struck it. Maybe some of y'all need to speak to your problem instead of getting mad about it. And we find that uh, children of Israel, they murmured and complained all through the wilderness and the Lord died that whole generation out. And it was a new generation that rose up. One that was obedient and listened and didn't let the old nastiness of Egypt can I say this? The culture of Egypt. To override the culture of the cross. Y'all go sit down. I'm going to hurry. I'm going to get in trouble. Bishop, what time do we let out? No, 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 no. What time? <laughs> Y'all be seated. I'm going to hurry. Y'all. I felt that limb I was out on start creaking. I thought I better get back here by the trunk where it's safe. Brother Judah's worked on graphic for me. Can I obey the Holy Ghost, Brother Judah? Ephesians 4. If you want to stand just for the first couple of verses, then be seated. We're going, the Holy Ghost just gave this to me, and I'm going to obey the Lord. Ephesians 4, verse number 1. When you get there, we'll just shout amen. I want to give honor quickly before we get into the word. Give honor to my, my precious wife, my oldest, Claire Ann, 6. And I believe, man, they're watching right now. Then my, my middle child, John John, is 9 months old. And we've got a, a baby on the way. Little Charlie. And so I give honor to my family. Man, my amazing church. So let us and the band go. Um, they're having testimony service tonight. And we're thankful for that. Hey, I want to tell you, God's, God's moving. Uh, I've watched our church grow and prosper in this end time. I've watched this church grow and prosper. And I think we ought to be careful that we don't take for granted where God has brought us from and where he's taken us to. Thankful for what he's doing in our, our lives. Ephesians 4 and 1. This is a letter. It's a salutation to the church in Ephesus. As a matter of fact, if you get literal about it, it's a salutation to the saints. It's a letter to the saints. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, Paul writing, 
beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Would you lay your Bibles down and join hands with a neighbor? We're going to ask the Holy Ghost to help us. Lord, we pray right now, God, that you would season our hearts and our minds to receive the word of the Lord. God, that you'd anoint the lips of clay. God, that you'd let every ear hear and every mind receive what you've got for me to give to this church. We're humbled by the opportunity, Lord, to be in your presence, and we want to give you the honor and the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. You can be seated and in the fear of the Lord this evening. Paul, so many take this as instruction to ministry. But in reality, this was a letter to the church in Ephesus. And this letter was a salutation or a letter to the saints, to the people of God. And he writes and beseeches them that they would walk worthy of the vocation wherewith they are called. And then... He writes and begins to tell them some of the attributes of walking worthy. He says, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. And that, that word forbearing simply means being patient and restrained. Turn and push somebody and tell them restrained. In other words... There's sometimes that you got to restrain yourself. There's sometimes you got to be patient with somebody. You might be sitting in the same section as them right now, and there's times you just got to go, ooh, help me to forbear in love tonight, Holy Ghost. That's what forbearing is. It's not just coddling them but it's being restrained now that word restrained is not a peaceable word mm. come here brother brother in the white shirt right in the middle with the glasses the sharp one right there yes sir best looking man in the building you ever seen one of these fights you gotta hold, hold me hold me you got, you got me you got me you're swinging Maybe, maybe you're from the south side of you. Hold me back. Hold me. If you let me go, I'm going to take, hold me back now. You're doing a good job. You know what that is? That's restraint. And sometimes in the church, well, the Bible says it's okay to be angry. You just sin not. So in other words, if you're angry, if your angerness and your aggravation has no restraint, you're sinning. Can I tell you, church, well, we, don't, we don't have all the folks you do yet. Go ahead, sit down, brother. We've well over 100. And in well over 100, can I tell you, every week somebody's mad at somebody. Somebody's fussing. Now, I'm, not, I'm not really preaching to you. I'm preaching to the, my church on live stream right now. And y'all are just going to help me clap and support and show them Show them you believe what I'm preaching to them. That's forbearing. That's patience and restraint.
because you love the people of God. Then he writes in this letter, and, and, and again, I want this to get in your spirit. He's writing to the saints, not the ministry. Saints, you and I. And he writes, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And endeavoring, I look this up, I'm a Merriam-Webster fan, means to do something using effort. In other words, Paul knew it isn't easy to keep the unity of the spirit. How? By using peace. But he said, I want you to endeavor. In other words, I want you to make great effort that you keep this Holy Ghost unity you feel in this room alive uh, through the bond of peace. In other words, by using restraint and love one to another. I wish you'd turn and high-five somebody and shout, endeavoring. Can, can, can I give you a secret? I'm hurrying. I've already been 20 minutes. My goodness. It's not easy. It's not easy to keep the spirit of unity in a church. But what I like about this is that this isn't a salutation to bishop. This is a salutation to the saints. In other words, as he's preaching the word to us, it's on us to endeavor. That he never has to preach a word warring against division because you and I are endeavoring to keep the unity. Can, can I tell you that your man of God is never going to use the world's sense of wisdom and cause conflict. But your man of God is going to use godly wisdom and resolve with peace. And Rock Church, that's what you and I have to realize, that the only way that we can be united and blessed in God is if we start sheathing our sword and put, you, you realize sheep, I did a study on this, sheep don't have those canine meat teeth. They're not, they're not carnivores. In other words, sheep don't bite other sheep. They're not meat eaters. Well, Holy Ghost, the only one in the flock that has a rod of correction is the shepherd. Ooh, I wish somebody get out of their pew and just give God praise over that. You realize I'm making living for God easy for you tonight. You don't have to worry about a good comeback on a text message. You don't have to worry about cutting somebody out of a, a friend group on Facebook. The only thing you've got to do to keep unity in the church, to keep unity in the spirit, is to have peace one to another and let the good man of God get that rod of correction out. Woo! I got half of you, but somebody just give him praise over unity tonight. Why 
why? Well, why do you have to, why do we got to put all that effort there? Why do we got to try to keep unity in the spirit? And obvious, because Paul wrote it, verse four, there's one body. Woo! Has anybody else got light bulbs coming on in their brain right now? There's one body. In other words, in other words, united we stand. But divided, we fall. There's only one body. There's only one spirit. There's only one church. I know we like to divide it all up into this organization, that, but there's really just one church. He's only coming back for one church. And so in other words, if we don't keep the peace, we don't keep the unity, and thereby the church starts splitting the different departments and different group text messages that don't like one another and gossip areas. Woo! But Paul wrote, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. Why? Because there's only one body and only one spirit. One Lord. Verse number five, stick with me. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. One God, not two, not three, one God and Father of all who's above all, through all, and in you all. He was trying to get a principle into the church of Ephesus, into the 2022 church, that it is the one of the greatest wars of the church is how beautiful it is when brethren dwell together in unity. We must go to war, and that war must be this we've got to endeavor 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 to keep unity in the church I'm talking to you about a Lord that made it adamant he likes unity one Lord one faith Acts 2:38 one baptism Jesus' name, water baptism. One God, Father of all. One body, one God. Getting this, I wish you'd give me a one right now. There's only one, 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 one way to heaven. You know how we're going to make heaven our home when we start endeavoring for unity? Woo! Verse 7, you going to stick with me, Brother Screens? But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Let's jump to verse 11. And he gave some apostles and prophets and evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Wait a minute. He gave us. Somebody shout, he gave us. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Fivefold ministry. For the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry and for the, ooh, I like that word, edifying of the body of Christ. In other words, for the instructing and teaching of the body of Christ. Verse 13, 
Verse 13. Brother Media, Sister Media, I don't know who it is. Verse 13. Death till we all come in the unity of the faith. You mean to tell me that's what the fivefold ministry is all about? Is to preach to us and teach to us until we get a revelation of the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, I'm going to get on some toes, y'all ready? That we henceforth be no more children. He's making a reference here, you Bible scholars, from meat saints and milk babies. This is a man that was right and was frustrated when he wrote a letter to the church. And he said, I want to give you meat. I want to be able to come in and preach without fear or favor. I want to be able to come in and teach. And instead of you going home and crying about it and leaving the church over and getting mad about it and, and sowing seeds of division in the church... I can't even do that because you're not even mature enough to take milk. But you know why he said they, they couldn't take meat? He said, for you are yet. Woo, you're yet. For, for you're yet. Oh, y'all got to shout that. For you're yet. Wait a minute. That's that reference. So in other words, if we're still children in the faith, it's because we're still carnal in our faith in other words we're not praying like we should be praying we're coming and we're dancing to keep keep our pastor from looking at us but there's no connection from our feet to our heart we're still carnal when pastor texts us something He's got a word that real pretty and love you, brother. And he's got a, he's got a, he's got a work on me. Because he's, he's too worried that, that, that you're going to get offended and maybe quit the church. And he said that we henceforth be no more children. Tossed to and fro. Ooh. In other words... That we go from one extreme. I love that. That, that sister right there is anointed. I hear. We go from one extreme to another. Sunday night. Woo! Sunday night after church. Somebody don't text them back. Nah. Never, they never like me, no way. Who cares? Who cares? It ain't your job to make everybody like you, everybody love you. It's your job to love everybody. You worry about you, let the Holy Ghost take care of the rest. He said that we no longer act like babies, crying over what pastors preaching and staying home because we offended and holding back our offering 
which is crazy anyways, because that's how you be blessed. You hurting your own self. Not giving or tithing, because we don't like, we don't agree, we don't agree with what he preached Sunday. Toss to and fro. Can I get you sit down? I, can I give you another little, 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 little spur off that? That 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 means that means that maybe one minute. We're on fire. Maybe one minute we're, we're cold. We're tossed to and fro. But there's something doing the tossing. We're letting our minds concoct stuff. We're letting how somebody treats us toss us to and fro. Instead of endeavoring every day, service in and service out to spread the unity of the Spirit, we're being tossed to and fro. One service we leave fired up. I'm going to love everybody. The next service, because we maybe, we didn't get in like we needed. We didn't get prayer meeting like we needed. Somebody said something and now we're, we're here. And carried about with every wind of doctrine. Now you know what that means? That means you got out of service and Bishop preached this, but the church down the road talked about it this way and it seemed more loving and easy and now that wind is blowing you over here. And now you don't have the same conviction on cutting your hair. Well, is that really my glory? Is that really my covering? What if I trim my ends a little bit? They do it at the... At the church down the road and they still shout and talk in tongues well I, 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 I'll wear short sleeves that's really not doctrinal it's not in the Bible and, and instead of holding fast and here's the deal church recognizing something that God gave you would you say that? He gave me. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints. That we henceforth be no more children. Church, that is the fivefold ministry's job. Is to come in and work on you so that you can be perfect in the sight of the Lord. No longer be struggling with your convictions day in and day out. No longer be carried about with every wind of doctrine or by the slight of man or in other words, the, the deception of man. And that's another reason you got to get this in your heart because if a man can talk you into coming to church, a man can talk you out of it. You got to get something greater than what a man's telling you. You got to get a revelation for yourself. And cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And that's what you, you need to realize this evening is that the devil's a deceiver. He's lying in wait, seeking whom he may devour. And there are two options for you. Number one, you're going to allow this Holy Ghost way to work on you and perfect you. Or you're going to allow the deceiver to get a hold of you. And you'll be lost. You're going to be lost. 
Now, church, why'd you come tonight? Did you come because you love him? We didn't come to be halfway. But if the Lord's going to equip me and I can be as good as I can be, that's my desire. That ought to be every saint's desire tonight is, Pastor, I want to be perfect in the sight of the Lord. I want to be as good as I can be. I'm over halfway done. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, I want to stop on this talking about the unity of faith and the knowledge of God, a perfect man. Because there's a lie permeating Pentecost in the world that everybody's got deals and problems and sins. and no, Nobody can be perfect. But, 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 Pastor Noah, the Bible says he was perfect before the Lord. Job was a, a righteous man, knew no sin, knew no wrong. Matter of fact, God had respect unto him. Can I tell you today that if you line up with a heart of unity, you'll see your world lining up into the perfect will of God. But speaking the truth in love, verse 15, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. I love this, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. In other words, when God finally gets us over our stinking way of thinking, he can fit the body together and it'll begin to make increase and edify in love. Verse 17, this I say, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Now get this. The Bible tells us that a man's own ways are justified in his own mind. That the way and the path that you choose to take is justifi justifiable from your perspective but does it line up with God's perspective? And here's why you can justify your way of walking even though it's in the vanity of your own mind. Verse 18, having the understanding darkened. In other words, Without a life lived before the Lord and a heart whose eyes have been opened to the evil ripple effect of a disunified tongue will create a darkened understanding. And check this, 
Go back one verse. A darkened understanding, verse 17. What's it say right there? That ye. You know who that darkened understanding hurts? You. That you walk not like they walk. Lost in the vanity of your own mind. Lest you're. Verse 18. Understanding be darkened. Church, you are not always going to understand what God's doing in a particular season. But God forbid, don't open your mouth and complain about it or criticize it. Hey, I'm just obeying the Holy Ghost. Brother Judah will witness to you. I have a whole nother title and everything else going. I'm just obeying what I felt right up here. You can't afford to lose your way because you're not willing to step outside the vanity of your mind and walk in the spirit. Who being past feeling have given themselves over under lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. And this scares me to death, Bishop, to realize that you and I can keep coming in and praying, can keep coming in and reaching, but we can get past feeling. Can I tell you something? I wish that I had always, always been on fire for God. I wish that I had always been submitted to God's plan and not my plan. I'm going to tell you, if I could be transparent, I feel, like I've, I feel like I've wasted years that I'll never get back. See, when I, was, when I was 18 years old, I got to, I got tired of waiting on the Lord and wanted to make, wanted to go and chase some dollar bills. And I went on the oil field. And I worked, actually, all along the Gulf a lot, of, a lot of work in Texas and Louisiana. And, and, and I was a welder. I'm, I'm a welder by trade. I welded all along the Gulf for over a year and a half. I was making $3,000 a week take home several years ago. Working seven, seven, seven nights a week, 12-hour nights, working overnight. My wife was going to Brother Hare's in Lake Charles or Moss Bluff. And I got to the point when I went down there that I was struggling. I'd only been married about a year. I had a little, little baby girl. And, and I, left, I left in disarray. I left in a wreck. I didn't leave in unity, I can tell you that. I left in a mess. And, and being in the midst of my own path and not God's, 
I got past feeling. Will you put that verse back up there one more time? I got past feeling. I got past conviction. I got past God checking my spirit. And when I did that, found myself given over to lasciviousness and greediness. If I could be real transparent, I'm not telling you anything that my wife and my church doesn't know. I've told the story. Let me tell you something. I, I learned there's many ways to get around search history being discovered on an iPhone. You open this iPhone up, there's a, there's a, there's a, a private tab right there. Everybody's got one. You click on that private tab and it says private browsing mode. And it says Safari won't remember the pages you visited, your search history, or your autofill information. After you hit this done right there, you swipe out of private browsing mode. Can I tell you that there's an untraceable world once you go in that little blackout mode on your iPhone? And church, don't, 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 don't lie to the Holy Ghost. There's men and women in here. You know how to find that tab. And I got to the point, you get, you get the first few, first few go-arounds with sin, you got to repent of it. You feel terrible. But after a while, Bishop, you convince yourself that it's an addiction and not a choice. I'm telling you, lasciviousness is a choice, not an addiction. Well, I don't believe that. The same man that wrote to Ephesus said, said Timothy, flee. In other words, it's already after you, but you can make a choice to flee it. Not scroll by it. Not, not, not get in, I guess I can say this on the internet, not get into soft pornography. Even if there's a little bit of cloth covering, it don't matter. You're getting involved in things that are going to take you past feeling. And you're going to get end up lost in lasciviousness. Now, I remember, man, not being the man that I wanted to be. I got to the point, and this is all, this is all, not one of this is embellished. You can call Pastor Harry. You, you can ask these men. Got to the point that I put my calling down and quit preaching and I just give it up. But I want to give you a trick of the devil. I, I wore long sleeves every day. South Louisiana, summer heat. I wore my long pants every day. I kept my hair clean, my face shaven. Didn't cuss, didn't smoke, didn't drink. Had the opportunity to do it all, but I didn't do it. Tell you why. Because in my own vain mind, I had a addiction and I was just waiting on God to deliver me of it. Not realizing that because I failed to make the right choice, 
I'd walk past the realm of conviction. And the devil, and I had turned my soul over to the devil. And he was beginning to work on me. I got to where I was going to one service a month down in, down in Lake Moss Bluff, one service a month, and my wife had to drag me there. And I turned, I turned 19 years old. I just told the story this past week. I turned 19 years old on the side of a, on the side of a tower about 100 feet in the air, welding a manhole cover shut. And I remember it being one or two in the morning. I looked at my wristwatch and realized I was 19 years old. And I realized several things. I had a Gethsemane moment. I realized that it had been a long time since I felt the type of love from my wife and my baby that I should have. My wife will tell you it was a tough year for our marriage. Didn't have time for my baby. Didn't have time for the things that mattered to me when I left. And it all started when I started walking my own way. I didn't. There's not, there's not a job. There's not an opportunity. There's not anything worth you missing a service. You quit it, then you get to church. And I remember I tried, I tried the filter thing or whatever where you put the little limitations on it. That's a Band-Aid. That's a Band-Aid. I remember, you know, so-and-so accountability partners and all this. Can I tell you it's a Band-Aid? Because as soon as they blink their eyes and turn the other way and you get, you get five minutes by yourself, you're going to get into stuff that God never intended for you to get into. Hey, the Holy Ghost reaching for somebody. I, I remember that it went past lasciviousness and I got into greediness. And church, can I tell you, I started dealing with, I was, I was making $3,000 a week and I started struggling to be able to afford to pay my tithes and my offering. Not because the money was tight, but my mind and heart wasn't right. And I, I got a revelation right there that it, your ability to pay your bills and all that's got nothing to do with how much is coming in. It's got everything to do with how much God is allowing to go out. Because I'm going to tell you, if you won't give it, take it away. And I began to realize I, I, I didn't have an income problem. I had a retention problem because I wouldn't give and I got greedy. I went out of town for all these reasons, about getting money for our first down payment. You see, when you're walking your own path, you've got all these reasons that make so much sense. And I come home, and I had more credit card debt than I left with. Oh, yeah. I wasn't walking what God called me to do. I was walking what I called me to do. And one of the most dangerous callings in this building right now is you calling you and not letting God do it. Well, I feel like this, and I feel like that. Hey, you better, you better pray on it. You better counsel with your pastor on it. You better meditate on it. 
when it's you wanting to do something. When it's, when it's you feeling like go to this other church and spend a few services there and try that. And hey, you better be careful. The Holy Ghost won't override your emotions. You get emotional and you won't allow the Holy Ghost to work through you like you need to. I'm trying to hurry. I know I've been long. I'm trying to hurry. You can be seated. Then he tells us, 22, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. What spirit is that? That's the spirit of unity. That's the spirit of the Holy Ghost, that unified spirit of God working to create a new mind and a new spirit within you. The Bible tells us, put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. In other words, you can't talk about what you used to be and who you used to be. Your Snapchat accounts, you got to get rid of them. You know they got all boyfriends on there. And I never understood something. When I made up my mind, 19 years old, I kind of jumped off my story. When I made up my mind, 19 years old, on Sabbatera, I decided I wanted to go home. Because I was feeling something I hadn't felt in a long time. And that, I had finally begun to feel a little bit of the repercussion or the damage, the collateral damage of what happens when you're worried about you but you're not worried about the body. I begin to realize and see the hurt in my wife's eyes. And I turn 19, my baby's a year old. And I begin to realize that she's quick to say, mama, mama. But when daddy come home, she wanted to crawl the other way. And I started realizing that. And it culminated on my birthday. And I realized why in the world there's no money worth there's no choice that I'm going to make, no desire I have worth the far-reaching effects of selfishness. That's all pornography is. That's all you keeping that Snapchat account is about, is loving self, not him. I'm almost done. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which is created after, which after God has created righteousness and holiness. Then, can I break these verses down? Verse 25, will you stay with me? Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are what? Members, well, there's that unity thing again. Putting away lying. You know, one of the hardest things in the world to do is to look somebody in the eye. Come here, brother. Come here, come here. Is to look a brother in the eye and say, brother, I messed up. One of the hardest things in the world to do is to come to your pastor. Say, pastor, 
I'm involved in stuff on Snapchat and I need help getting out of it. Pastor, there's things that, there's things I, I, I'm, I'm, I get stuck in Googling and I'm done with it. You know, Ananias and Sapphira made a, made a deal with Peter. Don't give it all. Then they counseled among themselves and kept a little of it back. But they didn't tell the men of God that they were still holding a little bit of the old man back. And God killed them. Well, I just talked about this with our church, brother. You, you, you look in these baby blue eyes. You better fear the Lord. It could be your soul required this night. It could be you sitting out there in a pew. God's requiring of your soul an inspection of your soul. And I want to know, brother, when you go and tell Peter, your man of God, that you really gave all with the weight of your soul and eternal life hanging in the balance. See, we talk about lying. Oh, I let a little lie slip out, Lord, or forgive me of it. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. God doesn't play when it comes to unity in the church. Pastor told you, brother, you need to go and make things right. I did, pastor, I did. And all you did was say, hey man, sorry about that. You, oh, what a, what a vain mind that you really think that the, 30 minutes you spent trashing them could be solved by a half-hearted five-second flipping apology because you have to. Can I tell you, sorry don't make things right, but effort does. Can I tell you about repentance? Let me tell you about repentance. Repentance, brother, isn't saying I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, and I'm, I apologize. I'm singling you out. <laughs> Would you get down for me? Now, Would you say, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. I'll tell you what that is. That's an apology. But you know what repentance is? Never doing it. Oh, sounds like y'all have had good teaching here. You know what repentance is? It's not, Lord, I'm sorry. It's, God, I'll never do it again. I didn't realize the consequences of walking my own way. I didn't realize that I don't just hurt my brother or my sister but I can hurt the unity of the spirit in my church by running my mouth and not speaking truth to my brothers and sisters. You know what needs to happen tonight? You need to make up in your mind that sometimes the truth hurts. But that's what's going to proceed out of your mouth. You can be seated. Let me wrap this up. Be ye angry and sin not. 
I talked about that earlier. My brother made an example of it. Brother, brother, youth pastor, you can get aggravated. But you know when aggravation becomes sin? When the sun sets and you've not made it right. It's about time we quit justifying being angry and sin and not as a multi-day affair. Pastor, it's biblical. Aggravation is momentary. But unity is never ending. Don't let the sun set. Husbands and wives, don't be so foolish as to fall into sin because you're so vain in your own thinking that you justify getting mad at your spouse and you forget about what saith the word of God. Oh, if we're worried about being saved, we wouldn't be worried about being right. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. Would a man rob God? Folks, I'm, I'm talking to my church and the members of this rock church. Are you being honest? Render unto Caesar what Caesar's and you pay your taxes or the IRS comes after you. You better fear the curses of the Lord much more than what Uncle Sam's going to do to you. Are you being honest? I'm going to tell you. Oh, if I'm being transparent, there's a lot, I owe a lot of back tithes, Bishop. If I got my calculator out, I, I owe a lot of back taxes to the Holy Ghost. There's been too many services that instead of slipping up that offering plate and putting a few dollars in, he was talking, Jesus was talking to his disciples and was at the treasury and he said, see all these rich men that give of their substance? That's good. Thank God for it. But you see that, that little old lady there that gave the two mites a farthing to all she had? She's more blessed than they. It's not about an abundance of wealth, but it's about being honest with your giving. Y'all still with me? I know I'm long. I'm sorry. I'm taking long. Are you being honest with your giving? Are you giving all? Are you all in? Or do you have a savings account with a little bit of pride in it? Is God speaking to you? Won't open doors for you financially? But you won't be honest. Let him flow through you. Let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Now, church, don't let me lose you. I feel the Holy Ghost working, but I feel mandated to finish this, this chapter. We're almost done. Working 
but rather let him labor, work with his hands, that which is good. Why? Oh, Woo, I got into a deal with this with a man that's so talented. You shake his hands and there's calluses on it. You can build anything you want him to build. But when it came to giving, and I told him, I said, don't you realize that the reason God has given you the ability to work is so that you may have to give. Business owners, God's blessing you so that, yes, you can be the head, not the tail. But don't forget the real reason he's given to you so that you can give to them. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. But that which is good to the use of edifying. Oh, do you know what edify means? To improve or helps or instruct someone. Woo! You know why God hates corrupt communication? Because it's used to tear down when he intended your communication be used to build one another up. And I'm almost done that it may your corrupt communication turn and tell somebody what comes out of my mouth be used for the building and instructing and that it may wait a minute Wait a minute. What was our opening text? I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation or the occupation wherewith you're called. Well, what is that calling, church? That it may minister grace unto the hearers. Can I tell you, every one of you's got a calling from God tonight. And that's to build up and to minister grace unto the people of God. Grace simply means courteous goodwill. A bishop, that means that sometimes goodwill isn't courteous. In other words, it's not just goodwill, but courteous. You're taking your time and how you approach people and present things to people and love people. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Can we go back to verse 30? And I'm, uh, I'm done. I've been an hour. I'm sorry to be so long. 
and grieve not the Holy Ghost. Now, church, would you let a young man talk to you for just a moment? What have you done this week to edify this church? What have you done this week to minister in your calling? Have you ministered grace? Have you extended? Come here, brother. Have you extended? Come here, both of you. I don't. Come on. Have you extended that courteous goodwill? In other words, when somebody steps on your toes, you extend them love, courtesy. Let it slide. Pray for them. I wonder what, 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 what have you, brethren, done? What have you done this year to walk in your calling? See, everybody wants a microphone and in the pulpit. But we're not all called to preach and to sing and to play. Everybody in this room's been called to be a minister of grace one to another. Brother to brother, don't get into the position where you grieve the Holy Ghost because you reject your calling. Don't reject your calling choose to walk your own path and lose out with God but rather what needs to happen and I'm sure y'all love one another so when we open these altars up you need to go one to another and you need to make up in your mind that I'm going to endeavor to promote the spirit of unity. The unity of the Holy Ghost that we feel in this room. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to endeavor to minister grace. Good sir. To this world. To the people around me. Don't. You be seated. Don't. Fall into the trap of the devil and be deceived and ever think for one minute that even though that rod of correction feels so good ooh, put the sword away Peter put the sword away Peter Put the sword away. You got a man of God that's using the word to divide asunder. But what good is a preacher in our lives if we refuse to stop tearing down what he builds up? You know what I feel in the Holy Ghost tonight? 
um, I, I have no notes, no title. Church, I don't know anything about you except how good your pastor speaks of you. But, ooh. It's just a little old Bible study. It ain't much. But would you respond to the word of the Lord right now? Come on, Rock Church. Come on, Rock Church. Are you really all in? Oh, help us to minister grace, God. And can I, can I tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost? And I can't get away from what I feel. Woo. Come on, I want every ear to hear me right now. Right now in this season that you're in, if you've ever fought it, I feel that you're waging war against it. And that's the spirit of Ananias and Sapphira that would come to the house of God saying, I've all, knowing there's a little tucked away. I'm okay. I'm so long. I'm sorry. You good men of God, come on, you hear me in the Holy Ghost. You're praying, you listen, keep your ears open. You have got to make a choice. Get rid of that which is dirty. Don't come here in your suit and tie and go home and live a life on the internet. Come on, church. You can't afford to. Do you see what God's doing? You can't afford to grieve the Holy Ghost. Come on, sisters. Sisters. Could you look at me a minute? I got to know. The Holy Ghost wants to know. Are you letting that same spirit that got on Sapphira get on you? You see, Ananias came and he held a little back and God killed him. But then Sapphira came 
and did not know what had happened. And she lied. And she told Peter, yes, we're given all. There was a, some old life. There was a little bit she held. And she lost her way. Ladies, sisters in the Lord. Y'all don't love us. ask you a question is the spirit of Sapphira running among you is there a little bit that you know you could get rid of but you're holding on to it can I tell you the Holy Ghost God sent me to talk to you let it go let it go put it on an altar I want us to know how did we pray the first time God gave us the Holy Ghost Bishop? I'll tell you how. We put everything we were in on altar or God would have never filled us. But church, I've not missed my mark. I'm in the Holy Ghost. We've got to get back to that. What it took to receive it is what it takes to keep it. My God, I wish I had about 10 prayer warriors that you'd just join up right now and you'd help me push out that nasty and a nice and Sapphira mindset. Come on, are you laying it on the altar like you did the first time he gave you the Holy Ghost? Where's my men of God at right now? I know, I know the preacher preached too long. Come on, Brother Ananias. Don't pray pretty and keep a little back. God's wanting to grow this. God's wanting to bless this. God's wanting to use you. Would you lift your hands and lift your voice? Would you wail? Would you scream? Would you pray like you did when God filled you? God, I've given you all of me. Oh.